Rufus is really angry. The surfer-looking kid keeps sitting in his spot just next to the projector. And Rufus likes to sit next to the projector in case Mr. Clarkson asks him to thread the reel. So he's written a message in orange science chalk along the side of his milk flask, petitioning you to join an embargo on all communications with the surfer. He's bouncing the message in your face by rhythmically cranking the chalk side of the flask at you in rapid up-down strokes, like the kind of impatient notification that would start manifesting on video screens some 30 years later. Through the dilation of his pupils and the swelling of the whites of his eyes and the spittle spraying in cascades over the rolling trunk of the flask and his shrill whisper like the violent hiss of a leaking piston in a steamship in a thunderstorm, you know he's serious about the boycott. And Rufus is right to feel usurped. After all, he was the first boy in the infants to grow full pubic hair, a moustache, and a thick, bristling beard, and the first to start smoking cigars and wearing a Texan cowboy hat, snakeskin boots, and a bolo tie with ornamental albatross clasp. And the other boys had started to revere, and in some cases copy these bold masculine signifiers, to the extent that he had prototyped a unique moustache wax made from melted Crayola and goose fat, which had packed into old ink pots in order to sell to the other pupils once puberty had extended its visit to their bodies. But not only was his optimism regarding his peers' development into manhood unrewarded by circumstance, now, with the arrival of the surfer-looking kid, the look has shifted to one of baby-faced exoticism, with cheeks lightly powdered with papaya-scented talc and coconut oil manually lavished through unruly locks. desk, there is a framed print depicting two children walking hand in hand down a leafy boulevard in some nameless European park. It's a black and white photograph apart from the children's raincoats which have been hand coloured, greyish pink in one case and greyish blue in the other, and a speck of crimson above a grey patch of trees where a particularly spicy sriracha wing had one night caught Principal Blink off guard. Beside the print there is a small piece of parchment mounted on a brass plate, upon which reads in ornate calligraphic script, You are a pocket of excellence. Since the surfer-looking kid had badly drowned in the shallow end of the school swimming pool after slipping on a mango skin and bashing his head, 
some of the children's aesthetic sensibilities had drifted back to Texan Dandy. But Principal Blink's dismissal from his post, lengthy tribunal, and eventual incarceration following conviction of negligent fruit consumption had been too much for Rufus to bear. He let his style and his studies slip and slowly vanished from the preoccupations of his peers. prison guard, I would work the visitor's room, standing at the door in the corner, observing. And there was one visitor that just didn't know how to leave. When the buzzer went, indicating the hour was up, he would look panicked and push his chair back, get up, look confusedly around, press his hands on the glass screen, turn toward the corner of the room where there was just a grilled window, and start shuffling toward it. And then when I'd command and gesticulate towards the door, he would look at me as if I was signalling some mysterious semaphore. He would look across, up and down my body, then along the length of my arm, to my pointing hand and to the tip of my finger, where his gaze would lock there and a low groan would rise inside him until it became a shrill, flute-shattering screech, at which point he would usually need to be restrained Sometimes it would take up to six of us to carry him out. Not that he was resisting or being in any way violent, and though not a large man, he just seemed to be heavy, his body weighed down with the distress and disturbances coursing through his mind. That was some 30 years ago. I didn't understand back then what I don't 
understand today, but in a totally different way. You see, the prisoner he came to visit had been released several years prior to these episodes, but through some recurring administrative error, he kept being allowed to the visitation sessions where he would sit and stare at his reflection in the glass, the dead grey phone in his hand, until the buzzer went.
demolished, and old Rufus, suffering wild fluctuations of mental health, has taken to pan-frying battered whitebait at the curbside and feeding it through the mesh fence at night time in an attempt to undermine the integrity of the concrete foundations of the new travel lodge. As the fence is positioned some 30 yards from the construction works, the accrued whitebait postings secretly slop down a festering ramp of compacted fish meat and sodden carbohydrates, bothering no 